0: Why don't I pray before we have a look at this great part of the Bible. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Please help us to be listening, and not only listening, but responding in faith and obedience. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now I'm sure we've all heard it said that favouritism is a bad thing, but... Is favouritism such a bad thing? Has anyone heard of the homogeneous unit principle? Big words, but it's a simple rule. The homogeneous unit principle is to do with how people interact socially. The homogeneous unit principle says that socially, like attracts like. You know the saying, we all know it. Birds of a feather flock together. It's an undeniable fact that, as human beings, we're drawn to people with similar interests and similar backgrounds because that's where we feel most understood and accepted. And these are good things, being understood and accepted. This is not a theory, this principle, it's a fact. This is how things are. Young people hang around young people. People whose first language, language is English prefer the company of those whose first language is English. People who play a musical instrument prefer musicians. People from a Chinese background prefer the company of others with a Chinese background. An EELS supporter... (laughs) (laughs) ...will hang around other EELS supporters. That's why me and Warren are such great friends. (laughs) The married people stick with other married people. The singles with singles, families with families, greenies with greenies. It's normal to favor some people's company over others so let's just acknowledge the facts and get on looking out for the looking out for those who are like us especially at church because if you can't feel accepted or understood at church well where can you it's normal to favor some people over over others we all do it so why fight it Well, the passage in Acts that we're looking at today is a big deal. It's bigger than Ben-Hur, because Jesus has got more than a cameo role. This passage is a big moment in the story of the Bible. Way back in Genesis, with Abraham, God promised to bless the nations through his descendants, the Israelites. Now, this blessing was salvation. And here, in Acts 9 through to 11, God's promise is fulfilled, because salvation is comes to the Gentiles in the Gospel. God's blessing for all people, not just the Jews. The Gospel is for all people. This is why Jesus came. This is Jesus' mission. And the passage we're looking at today, it's the beginning of the Gospel going to the Gentiles, going to the Gentiles through Peter, through his witness. And to make sure we don't get confused who's driving this mission, Luke, who's the writer of Acts, notes how Peter's actions look very much like Jesus' actions. As we read earlier, Peter is seen to be doing stuff that Jesus is said to have done back in Luke's Gospel. Peter heals a cripple. Jesus healed a cripple. Peter brings Tabitha back to life from the dead. Jesus brought Jairus' daughter back to life. Peter is is acting like Jesus. And the results are in verses 35 and 42, where we see... Many turn to Jesus and believe in him. Luke wants us to be perfectly clear about something. Jesus is at work through Peter. A bit like if you shake my hand, you're greeting me, not just my hand. You're greeting me. And so when Peter goes to the Gentiles in chapter 10, it's actually Jesus reaching out. Jesus wants the Gentiles to hear the gospel, to hear and believe the good news about him. He wants the Gentiles to hear the gospel and be saved because salvation is for all people, not just Jews. The gospel is for all people. Not only does Jesus want the gospel to be for all people, God wants the gospel for all people, Jews and Gentiles. And to make sure this happens, God gives two supernatural visions, one to a Gentile called Cornelius and the other to Peter. The vision God gives Cornelius is of an angel who tells him to go and fetch Peter. So Cornelius sends three men to find Peter and bring him back. The vision God gives Peter is not quite as straightforward as Cornelius' vision. See verse 11 of chapter 10. Chapter 10, verse 11. He, Peter, saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles of the earth and the birds of the air. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter. Kill and eat. Now, it's difficult for us to understand how confusing this vision would have been for Peter. The Old Testament laws, including the laws about what types of meat were allowed to be eaten, were God's way of separating the Jews from the nations around them, setting them apart as his people, making them holy or clean before him. And so Peter would have had it drummed into him which meats were unclean and how even touching them would make you unclean. Unclean like the Gentiles who ate them all. This vision... Well, it must be a test from God. How could God tell Peter, a Jew, to eat all kinds of clean and unclean animals if it wasn't? And so he says what any good Jew should say. Verse 14. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. But Peter's forgetting who decided in the first place what was clean and unclean in the law. God did. I used to work for an animation company whose founder uh, is an, an eccentric old Polish Jew. He'd frequently ask me into his office to talk about some interest of his or some old story in it from his life. And sometimes he'd talk for an hour or so. And I'd always feel like I should be doing my work instead. But he was the boss. He's the one who ultimately decided how I should spend my time. Well, in the same way, God's the boss. He's the one who decides what's clean and what's unclean. See verse 15. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. God's point with Peter's vision is not so much about what is clean, but who is clean. And when the three men rock up asking after Peter to visit Cornelius, a Gentile, an unclean Gentile, The Spirit tells Peter not to hesitate about going with them to see Cornelius. And so he goes and visits Cornelius. See verse 27. Verse 27. Talking with him, that is Cornelius, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, We are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with a Gentile or visit him. But God has shown me that I should not call any man impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. It must have been hard for Peter. After all, he spent his whole life thinking that Jews are clean and holy and that Gentiles aren't. And that even to associate with a Gentile would make, make him unclean. You don't get over a lifetime of prejudice that quickly. It would be like... Letting a reformed pedophile play with your kids. Pretty uncomfortable. But the gospel changes everything. There's no favouritism when it comes to the gospel because the gospel is what makes people God's people. And God wants all people to hear the gospel and be saved. That's why God sent Peter to, to come to Cornelius to hear what God had commanded Peter to tell him, to hear the gospel. And be saved. See verse 33. This is Cornelius speaking to Peter. Verse 33. So I sent for you immediately, and it was good for you to come. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. Peter comes to realise that God does not show favouritism because what he's got to tell the Gentiles is the Gospel. The Gospel that up to this point only Jews have believed in. God wants Gentiles to hear the Gospel and be saved, not just Jews. The Gospel is for all people. Jesus wants the Gospel to be for all people, not just Jews. God wants the Gospel to be for all people. And the Spirit shows that the Gospel is for all people. The Spirit shows this as uh, Peter tells Gentiles the Gospel. And here, Peter tells us what the Gospel actually is. It's the good news of peace through Jesus Christ. See verse 36. Well, You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. It's through Jesus that anyone has peace with God, Jew or Gentile. For although God sent him to the people of Israel first, to the Jews first, Jesus is Lord of all. And so the good news about him, about peace with God through him, is for everyone. The gospel is for all people. And it's all about Jesus, who he is and what he's done. See verse 37. You know what has happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, sorry, Galilee after the baptism that John preached? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. What's more, the gospel is more than second-hand information about Jesus. The gospel is an eyewitness account, an eyewitness testimony to Jesus. See verse 39. as judge of the living and the dead. The Gospel is all about Jesus. How he died on a cross and rose from the dead and is now God's appointed judge of the living and the dead. Everyone will be judged by Jesus because he is the Lord of all. And anyone who believes in Jesus, who believes he died on the cross for their sins and rose from the dead, will have peace with God by having their sins forgiven. Just as God promised through the Old Testament prophets. See verse 43, verse 43. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. There's forgiveness of sins and peace with God by believing in Jesus. This is the message of salvation. This is the gospel. And to show that the people is that the gospel is for all people. The Holy Spirit comes upon Cornelius as he hears this and the other Gentiles listening. See verse 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. Circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles, even on the Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. The gospel is for all people. The Spirit... Shows this by coming upon the Gentiles so that they spoke in other languages and praise God. Just like what happened when he came upon the Jewish believers at Pentecost in chapter 2. Now, no one chooses the Spirit to come upon them so that they speak in other languages. Languages they don't know. The Spirit decides that. And the Spirit did so when Gentiles heard and believed the gospel. I find it interesting that uh, some Christians think speaking in tongues is something they can switch on and off. But it seems here that the Spirit decided that the Gentiles would speak in other languages. And in this way, the Spirit shows that the Gospel is for all people. The Gospel, it's for all people. Jesus wants the Gospel to be for all people. God wants the Gospel to be for all people. The Spirit shows that the Gospel is for all people. And finally, the early church accepts that the gospel is for all people. But it takes some convincing. Because some of the circumcised believers are still thinking the way Peter had thought. They're still thinking Gentiles who are uncircumcised and without the law, or who are not not Jews, are unclean and outside of God's blessing. See verse 1 of chapter 11. Chapter 11, verse 1. The apostles and the brothers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticised him and said, You went into the house of uncircumcised men and ate with them. The Jewish believers think Peter has made himself unclean by visiting and eating with Gentiles. And so Peter retells the whole story of how God has made it crystal clear that Gentiles are acceptable to him. They've believed in the Lord Jesus. They've been given the Holy Spirit. This was God's decision. This is what God wants. The gospel changes everything. God's people are no longer only Jews. God's people are those who hear and believe the gospel, Jew or Gentile. And so God wants Gentiles to hear the gospel and be saved. He's made this crystal clear. And so all the Jewish believers, they have to accept it. And they praise God that the gospel is for the Gentiles as well. Verse 18. When they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God, saying, So then, God has granted even the Gentiles repentance unto life. Jews and Gentiles, by believing the gospel, have eternal life through faith in Christ. This is what God wants. And so the church accepts what God wants. I didn't watch the Socceroos final match in Germany where they were pushed out of the World Cup. I didn't really want to accept it and some of us here still haven't. But the fact is they didn't play again. They came home. I have to accept it. In the same way God made it crystal clear that Gentiles have salvation in the gospel. And so the early church accepted what God wants, that the gospel is for all people. Jesus wants the gospel to be for all people. God wants the gospel to be for all people. The Spirit shows that the gospel is for all people and the early church accepts that the gospel is for all people. The question is, do you? Do you accept that the gospel is for all people? Are you on board with what God wants? Are you on board with the gospel? Because the gospel... It changes everything. And this is where the homogeneous unit principle comes into conflict with being a Christian. Just because we're drawn to people like us and feel more understood and accepted by them, just because it's natural to show favouritism as a result, it doesn't make favouritism right. Because the problem with favouritism is that it's essentially selfish. Selfish. But the gospel changes everything. It's not about us, it's about Jesus. Selfishness is out, the new way of the gospel is in. Peter believed it and changed his thinking about others. The early church believed it and changed. Do you believe it? A good way to find out, if you believe it, is to have a look at who you choose to spend the most time with and what you talk about. If you find yourself always hanging around the same type of people... And always talking about work or family or whatever interests you or makes you comfortable, chances are you're not in line with the gospel. And you're not doing what God wants. Chances are you're showing favouritism and you've misunderstood what it means to be a Christian. Now, don't get me wrong, not showing favouritism is hard work. And it can take quite a shift in your thinking. In preparing this talk, I've noticed how much I show favouritism. There's a guy at college who's disabled with cerebral palsy. He's very hard to understand and to talk to. And on occasions, I've deliberately avoided eye contact with him because I don't want to have a conversation with him. It's just too hard. But no-one said not showing favouritism would be easy. Yet it's what God does, and it's what the gospel is about. It doesn't matter how uncomfortable we might feel being interested in the gospel, and what God wants looks like being interested in all people, especially God's people. It doesn't matter if they're black, white, yellow, old, boring, annoying, draining, male or female. If they're trusting in Jesus, well, God's given them his spirit. Where to accept them? and to praise God for them. That might mean choosing to talk to someone you think you have nothing in common with, or who struggles to speak in the same language that you do, or who is not as socially refined as you, or who dresses differently, and asking asking them how they're going as a Christian, and maybe what you can pray for them about. Things have fundamentally changed because of the gospel. So let's get on board with the gospel and start looking out for others not like us. Because the gospel is for all people. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, please forgive us for showing favouritism. Thanks that through Christ Jesus we have peace with you eternal life, and the forgiveness of our sins, even the sin of favoritism. Please help us to be gospel-minded and to look out for those who are not like us and encourage them in Christ. Amen.